Hey, this is Nathan. And this is Thomas. Today on Not the Pastor, we get to talk to Ethan Abbott, who is the camp director at Camp Hosanna. Camp Hosanna has a unique history. The president and founder desired a place for teenagers to hear the gospel free of charge. And so while that burden was on his heart and he began to pray about how to found a camp, God provided in miraculous ways for a camp to be built in an area that was far too expensive for a campground. What was a field has become a lively place built up by donations from churches and the hard work of the staff of Camp Hosanna. Ethan's going to take time to talk to us about some of the differences between a do-it-yourself camp and a camp run by a camp ministry. He's also going to share some things that you should keep in mind when you're looking for a camp to take your teenagers to. So here we go. Ethan, thank you, man, for being on the show with us today. We are excited about the discussion that we're going to have with you today. But why don't you start off by just telling us a little bit about you, your ministry, your family, so that our listeners know a little bit uh, better who they're, who they're listening to. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. My name is uh, Ethan Abbott. I, am, uh, I have grown up as a youth pastor's kid, an evangelist kid, and a couple other different things in my lifetime. But in uh, 2005, the Lord called our family into evangelism, and uh, through the evangelism ministry, God allowed my father to get in touch with Camp Hosanna, who they eventually asked to be the director of the camp in 2007. So that allowed us to, through the spring and falls, we would have an itinerant preaching ministry, and we would come off the road and help at the camp in the summer times, June and July. Very cool. In 2019, God allowed us to come alongside my parents and help them in their evangelistic ministry. Me and my wife worked their children's meetings while they were working with the adult revival meetings and special That's music. Right. And then I was set up to be the assistant director and helping, helping dad as he was the director and just take some right. of the load off. This summer was going to be our first summer working together side by side, and I was really looking forward to it. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, uh, into our in our staff training, we do the first Wednesday to Saturday before our camp starts. On a Thursday of staff training, my dad passed away with a heart attack, completely wow. unexpected. Wow. It really put a damper on our staff training. I bet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We, we had the funeral that uh, that Sunday, that next week, we had somebody step in as a substitute director. And then I came back after that first weekend. The Lord allowed us to be able to run uh, four of the five weeks this summer wow. as the director. Appreciate the, the grace of God to be able to let you move forward yeah. there in the I'm light kidding. of that tragedy. That's a testament to, to your willingness to follow Jesus and also his grace. Amen. Very good. So you've been helping with Camp Hosanna then since 2007. That's yes. a long time. No, yeah. Tell, tell us about Camp Hosanna, man. What, what makes yeah. it unique? What makes it special? All right. So camp uh, start was started in 2003. Our president, or our founder, he wanted to build a camp that was founded on the principle that no child should ever have to pay to come hear the gospel preached. It was very evangelistic in its start, and it still holds to that characteristic. On a normal year, 
our ratio of church kid to unchurched kid is going to be about 60 to 40. Okay. Um, okay. Wow. Now that's a normal year. 2020 yeah. was not normal. Right. Yeah. No kidding. So there we, we actually, I think we only saw probably 10 church, 10 church groups come through mm. in the entire summer. Wow. So we, uh, so that probably put us around uh, 80, 20 sure. uh, unchurched to church kid. So it was, wow. it was very, it was, it was a different field this summer than past summers, just sure. due to so, the lower so number. 80% unchurched and 20% churched. Yeah. Yep. Wow. This okay. past summer. Wow. Before we move on there, how many people just, again, not counting 2020, because we'll just pretend like that year didn't happen. Right. Go back to 2019. And how many teenagers do you run through the summer? We can house to about up to about 150 campers. Okay. Okay, very cool. So if we're running seven weeks, yeah, anywhere between eight and nine hundred kids will come through in the summer. Very cool. Why is that important? Why is camp? Why is a camp like Camp Hosanna? I mean, what's the why behind it? Why? Why should we? Why should teenagers come to camp? That's kind of a twofold thing okay. because you kind of got to look at why the camp is even there to begin with. Like, so for our our camp is a little different than any than every other one that's out there. Because sure. most camps are designed for church kids. Okay. Lost people don't say, hey, man, I'm going to Bible camp. Woo! Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they, don't, they don't do that. Yeah. So they're mostly designed for church kids, but ours is designed for the unchurched. With that brings its own set of challenges. Like, for instance, there's there's certain expectations you have to meet, especially as, uh, I mean, you guys are youth pastors, and there's certain standards and certain things you have to meet. But you also have to understand that lost people are going to be lost people. So that that's one of the initial challenges that some churches kind of come across is, is if they're going to have a problem with us, is because we might be we might be a little loose for them mm. but people also don't understand that when we started it's a, it was a mission i mean the fact that church kids are coming praise the lord that adds to the environment but it was started to get the gospel to people and sinners are going to be sinners and so yes. you, you you sometimes you have to put up with some things that that a more spiritual i'm not going to call it a more spiritual place but a more spiritually mature place might not sure. have to put up with ethan would it be okay if we spend just a second there and i think that that's a huge when when churches are looking for camps i think that that difference is a huge thing to consider yeah is what is the purpose behind going to camp and, and i think it's okay if the purpose is hey we want to strengthen these teenagers that are already a part of our church and you know we'll get you know we'll get a lost a lost kid in here, here, there along the way, and people invite friends, whatever. But there's a difference between that and the focus of we're trying to get the gospel to teenagers who need Jesus. Right. And that difference then it does create some like on the ground differences in how camp would be run. And you kind of talked about there would be some things that would be different. Is it would it be possible for you to mention one or two of those things specifically? The difference is going to be this. Because you have Christian kids that are getting together, there's kids are always going to get in trouble. But because of the Christian kids generally have a better sense of morality about them, you can kind of lend yourself to free time at camp. So they're going to be more activity driven, uh, like, you know, hey, we got a swing or we got some hikes we're going to do or you can do as groups, you know, just kind of like the leisure time with us, because we are dealing with a lot of lost people idleness is the devil's workshop so we found that if you if you can keep the schedule constantly moving it allows 
for less problems, for less time for people to get in trouble, um, less time for your guys and girls to, hey, let's meet up over <laughs> here, you know. So you just, if you keep them busy constantly, it definitely helps with, so that's a huge difference. Yeah. Because one will run you ragged, and then the other one is kind of like, hey, man, I can do this all year. Yeah. I think another thing is, and you're, you're familiar with Silver State, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I went to Silver State when I was traveling with the groups at Heartland. Oh, sure. And it amazed me the amount of times of preaching they had. Mm. And, and preaching is not bad. I love preaching and preaching is why you have camps so you can get the word of God. In. But yeah. at Silver State, what, what really left the impact on me is that they want you to hear preaching. You right. know, you have three services in the morning and one at one day in the evening. And for a Christian camp, you know, that's probably that, that's if you're trying if you're with church kids and you're trying to break through that heart of stone, some, you know, that's not necessarily bad. Right. Right. But yeah. for a lost kid, it's a long time. Yeah. Four services in a day. I mean, that I mean, they might <laughs> I don't know what they're thinking. <laughs> so, yeah, sure. A focus is different. Yeah, those are great examples of ways that the different focus dictates a change in operation. I appreciate both of those insights. Yeah. That's helpful. So it sounds like like preaching, the amount of preaching is one of the differences between the mm-hmm. more missional camps and the more mm-hmm. church kid focused camps. And then the other one is mm-hmm. that <laughs> the use of that free time and how yeah. how structured that it is. Okay, that's very good. That's helpful. So I, I appreciate that distinction between, and, and I'm, in my mind, I'm kind of calling it the missional churches and then the the more uh, church kid strengthening, you know, that is the other one. I don't have a term for that in my mind yet, but more the preaching kind of camps, I guess, so missional and, and then preaching camps. Uh, but backing up from that, there, there's another very clear distinction in types of camps, and that is the, the more do-it-yourself kind of camps. Which I, I know Thomas has, for many years, his youth group that he was uh, leading was involved in a more do-it-yourself. And then there is the camp run type of camp, which is the, the, the side of the fence that our church was on and, and always going to a, a camp where the camp ran everything. We basically brought the kids and we were more of the, the sponsors or the, the counselors for our group. So... Uh, Maybe, maybe we could talk about that for a minute, Ethan. What, what should churches consider when uh, attending an organized camp versus a, a more do-it-yourself do it approach to camp? Okay, so, let, so we'll, uh, we'll tackle the do-it-yourself first and then kind okay. of because that's more, that's more information. But first thing, if you're going to run a camp, you got you to gotta think cost. All right. Oh, yeah. What is it going to, what is it going to cost each person? And in order to even get that, there's so many things you have to take into account. You got to oh, take yeah. into account what, what's your food bill? Uh, what kind of, what's it going to cost for your uh, property rental and all the, all the amenities, uh, your, your hosting needs, how are you going to take care of your guest speaker or how are you getting your guest speaker there? You have your workers or what's it going to take for you to work it and make it, make it a fluid week mm-hmm. versus a week of stress-filled conflicts uh-huh. and meetings and then you have the frustrating part of trying to figure out who's coming who's not coming yeah and you need to know that at least a couple months before that even happens not last minute like us bad to start so so you, you have your cost and then at that point then you got to figure out your schedule uh and that's kind of yes. that kind of goes into your your emphasis do I want to be more activity based? Do I want to be more spiritual based? More, more unity in the youth, in the people bringing youth groups. You got to figure all that out. 
And then as you take into account what you want to prioritize, you got to figure out, okay, what does, what kind of equipment do I have or the conglomeration of churches have that we can accomplish the activities that we want to accomplish that would make it camp and not just, hey, we're just going to go play kickball all day, every day. So your schedule kind of sets your emphasis or what you prioritize. Then you got to think of your housing. Yes. What is your camp property? Are we sleeping in tents? Are we sleeping in cabins? Do churches get their own cabins or do does everybody pile into one big chicken coop and we figure out exactly what's going on? And then you have standards because yes. uh, e- each church has Oof. preferential things that they prefer over others. Yeah. Who sets the standards? And you have to you have to figure out, OK, what rules and regulations are necessary in place to have a good week of camp and what's not? And then. Yeah. duke it out with the other people to figure out like <laughs> we're gonna have fun all right then then you got your leadership who's doing what who's making your final decisions on things who's kind of leading the week is it a, is it a conglomerate then you got your sponsors that are there are the sponsors there to help the kids or are they there to help the camp run and then to add to the stress of just the week of camp you got to figure out how to get them to camp and how to get them away from camp in one piece without losing your head so to offset those, if, if you're going to a camp that's already in existence and already been pre-set up, because, and I mean, I'm our, I started in September working on next year. The thought that is taken into the summer, I mean, it's the entire, for us, it's the entire 10 months before. I mean, we're already thinking about, about all that stuff. Just So just to offset it, you have the cost for, for most of these, if you're going to go to a camp, they already tell you what you got to pay, what's expected. And if, and if anything's additional or not. Right. Yeah, that's good. You don't have to work through the schedule kinks of, all right, Hey, this worked this year. This didn't work this year. You know, you don't have to work through that. I I heard a story the other day. uh, It was at a teen extreme at Pensacola Christian college. They're staying in the dorms, Pensacola Christian college. And just like, idiot teenagers and youth groups when you put all of them in one building they do stupid things (laughs) and so they were they were take they were i don't know what they were sliding on but they were (laughs) like hallway sledding essentially is what it was cool that sounds like fun yeah but they're doing it on like the seventh story of the building oh gotcha not not so good (laughs) they opened up the stairwell all the stairwells are completely glass yes so they go and they legitimately they break the glass to the outside perfect it seems all totally right, fine. So, <laughs> so so this is happening all during week of camp right i mean those kinds of things if you do it at a rental property they hit you pretty hard but yes. if if you're maintaining the property every week and you have staff that know exactly what's expected what's acceptable what's not it solves a lot of those problems yes another thing just to just add to that yeah. real quick is when you come into your rules so rules. we we have we have orientation right as soon as everybody gets in it generally takes about 45 minutes those are things that we've put in and that we've added throughout the different years but those are those are all things that again we've we've trained our staff for they know what's expected what's not expected and it's not a matter of a sponsor who's maybe never been to camp before then it's like well yeah i think it's okay for you to do that or not okay and then then getting other people in trouble and stuff right yeah and the other thing is that becomes a, a little bit impersonal. You're the camp making everybody follow this rule right. when it's a group of people coming together, whether it's a dress standard or a, Hey, we're not allowed to go there anymore. You can't take your teenagers down by the water. We had some issues there last year, whatever. When it's a group of preachers coming together and hosting camp together, if people don't come with a spirit of unity and togetherness, it can sometimes become, well, we'll just do what we want and you do what you want. And we'll just all 
be here but not really be together and yeah. having that third party if as it were at the camp being like nope this is what it is for everyone is a helpful thing sometimes so so ethan help us out what are maybe some things we haven't covered that would uh, you know when a church is looking for a camp to attend maybe uh, they're wanting to go a different direction or it's just for whatever reason they're they're looking for a new camp there's there's a decision to be made about camp what are what are some other factors that they should consider when when choosing a camp to attend so you first got to consider doctrine obviously sure. uh just yeah. just like any place you put yourself under spiritual teaching you just got to know where they are your doctrine then tends to affect your standards the way that yeah. you live yeah but that's where you have to look at kind of if you can't support them because of their standards, then you, you have to understand, you know, hey, they may be great doctrinally and they may have some great speakers lined up. But if this is not what I want my kids seeing, then I don't need to go. And now in, in our camp specifically, we, we do have churches that come and they will tell their kids, all right, hey, you know, they allow their kids to wear shorts and they allow they allow some of these things to take place. But, you know, as a church setting, we're not going to do that. You know, this is what this is what our church role is, and we fully support the church. If you want to have a higher standard, praise the Lord, go knock it out. Yeah. But that is their decision to make. But we're going to enforce at least the minimum of what we expect. So you're saying it's okay for the camp to have standards here and the churches to have a little bit higher standards, but probably sure. the other way around wouldn't work that well. Right. If the church's standards are lower than maybe what yeah. the camp right. would enforce. Gotcha. If you, if you enforce the minimum of what is expected then that, that makes it, it leaves a testimony that church and, and Bible isn't just about all that you do, yeah. but it's a, it's a matter of a relationship with the Lord. And if we begin to kind of move, well, you've got to dress this way and you have to right. do this way and you have to say your ABCs, you know, if you got to do all that stuff in order to have a walk with God, I don't know anybody that's come to the Lord just because, just because of, of a standard, right? Yeah. you know, so, so you, you have to understand that that aspect of it. So standards is a big thing. So I'd say if you're looking uh, as a church, looking at where I need to go, you look at your doctrine, look at their standards, look at look at cost. Yeah. Especially if you got families that got multiple kids in it that are going in a week. Yes. A twelve hundred dollar camp bill is yeah. is about as much people spend on vacation. You got to look into is it going to be good for our families or can our families even accomplish that? It's a huge thing. I'd probably think about logistics. I know people. And you guys probably know people that drive some 16, 17 hours to go to yeah. camp. Yeah. As a youth pastor, I don't know if I drive that far for anything. Right. I mean, maybe a missions trip for a four-day camp or for a three-and-a-half-day camp. I mean, yep. that's 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 a stretch. So you got to think logistics. What's it going to cost? So you got to take those into account. You also got to think about speakers. Mm -hmm. You just kind of look and just kind of see who's speaking. That that a lot of times will determine if someone goes to camp or doesn't go to camp, sure. if they know the guy or not. I think you ought to look at what they prioritize. Are they prioritizing fun? Are they are they prioritizing the spiritual growth? What is it that they are about? Yeah. As a youth guy, I would definitely say look at the activities. Is that yeah. kind of something your youth group can kind of get behind, or are they going to be bored out yeah. of their mind? If anything, it, it, the games help loosen kids up and kind of helps them realize yeah. who they are. But yeah. it also helps you as the sponsor to see if they struggle with things. Mm -hmm. So that brings out a lot of attitudes that you yes. can kind of get real with them and then be like, hey, man, you can't do that. 
Yeah. And be able to address certain things that you yeah. wouldn't be able to under a oh, typical yeah. setting. That's a good point. We've had some great spiritual growth conversations on the sideline of the baseball diamond. Hey man, what you're thinking right now is not accurate and not like you're not seeing the situation yeah. and you need yeah. to trust Jesus and trust me as the game director. Yeah. You need to yeah. let go here. And it's a part of spiritual maturity to be able to handle yourself with grace yeah. in emotional situations. And for teenagers, yeah. sometimes a game of ultimate sock monkey is a <laughs> I mean that's an emotional situation and so yep so I appreciate that yeah, sock monkey I'll have to look yeah. that one up yeah I, I just made that up right now so. oh okay okay yeah. although playing ultimate anything with a banana is hilarious and so, <laughs> yeah. so you throw that banana around and after about two throws if you just have a peel and people are like slapping it it's so fun <laughs> it's a good time we had girls oh, it's on my head yeah, and of course we had guys that were like, hey, it's on my head. Yeah, yep. great. I, I think also just to kind of finish off this, I'd say that you need to take into account, is it actually separating your kids from their normal busy lives Good. and actually getting them to get still? One of the great things about camp is you don't have cell phones, you don't have your iPods, you don't have you don't have the things that are typically shouting down your throat that are mm-hmm. that are anti God normally. You you get five days away from that into the actual still and quiet and the preaching of the word of God, and that's what makes a difference. It's because you've removed yourself and those voices from your life. That's so good. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's helpful. Good. Well, Ethan, maybe give us one last piece of advice. We have developed in our churches, the a fireworks style of ministry where you go from a big explosion spiritual event and you you ride the the sparkles, if you would, all the way down to where it fizzes out up until the next big spiritual event. And what we've taught our people mm. through having you have a spring revival, summer revival, fall revival, I'm not saying those are bad, but you, we've taught our people that. I just got to wait till the next revival. I got to wait till the next revival. When the reality is every day, every day you could have that same revival if you yeah. just get along with God. That's so good. And so in our youth groups, you have people that they go to camp and they get right with God and then they get immersed back into the world and they stay strong for a week or two. Yeah. And then they just go back into their normal self. Yeah. And they wait till the next youth conference, the next youth rally to kind of get right. We've just developed or mentored that idea that, well, you just got to wait till the next big event to get right with God mm-hmm. rather than you can get right with God now. So so that yeah. that's one thing that I would say to we need to squash that and just be like, hey, just start walking with God. Let this be a Good. build upon your foundation and continue to help you be grow closer to God. Yeah. Lastly, I'd say that camp is not just for the camper. Good. It's good. It's for the staff that's working it causing them to see the miracles that God does and seeing people get saved and seeing God work through the decisions they're making, which is going to push them to be a better person and grow closer to God. Yeah. It's for the sponsor because yeah. who often gets a whole lot more out of camp uh, just because it gives them the shot in the arm that the preaching that they do every, the 51 weeks out of the year is not yes. falling on deaf ears. It yeah. just takes that second voice just to kind of push them over the top, be like, all right, you know, I've been, hearing this for forever you know i'm ready to do something with it now yeah that's so good it's for the speaker a lot of times what the best thing for a pastor who's in a church and their their church isn't moving and they're not seeing a lot of stuff uh, it can be a shot in the arm for them just if they come preach a week at camp see 10 12 people get saved wow and then go go back and just be like hey man god's still moving yeah it's encouraging for the for the speaker Camps also 
it's for the church in the sense that it's strengthened the life of a church because your your kids come to camp, they get right with God, they come back to to the church, they hear testimonies of what God is doing in the youth, right? And then they see the changes where the youth that were once sitting on the sideline are now joining the choir, or they're now getting involved because of the changes happening. And it's yeah. it's a challenge to adults to see, hey, if God is still working in them, I need to continually be working and doing oh, yeah. something. Then lastly, I'd say it's for the parent. It's for the parent because parents are trying to instill truths in their children, and they're trying to train them up to be the young men and women they're supposed to be, or at least that's what they're supposed to be doing. They need to see changes when their kids come home and they develop convictions. Well, I made this decision at camp. Well, it's the same thing their parents have been teaching them for all 365 days out of the year. Yeah. But they see they see their kid get along with God and come back. And if anything, it's I've had parents that would be like, "Man, I want you to take my kid every week because yeah. they come back different." So it's not just for the person who's paying to come. There there's so many other good things that that benefit from it. Thank you, Ethan, for that. Sure appreciate all your advice about camps and there, there's some good content here. I think it'll be a help and and people. Uh, either choosing a camp or, or just knowing why they go to the camp that, that they go to and for those who are considering maybe even making a change. So yeah, I sure appreciate that. And to our listeners, if you're in the area around Camp Hosanna, you probably should be checking them out for yeah. an option for camp. Thanks for joining us today on Not the Pastor. We sure hope that this episode was a help to you as you consider camp this summer. Would you take the time to rate and review this podcast on iTunes? Your rating helps get this podcast in front of more listeners so that other people can enjoy the conversations that you enjoy every single week. Next week on Not the Pastor... We're going to talk to a guy who has for years put together camp from scratch. He'll give us a different perspective from the one that Ethan gave us. And I think it's going to be a help to you as well. So you don't want to miss that conversation happening next week on Not the Pastor.